The title of the talk this morning is Renewing Your Mind, the Sword of the Spirit, and the pages for the notes can be found on page 47. And so, as I go through this talk this morning, um, I'll be answering three questions. Um, like, so what are some of the lies that we believe about sin? How do we fight sin? And why do we need to fight sin? And so, I'll pray for us briefly before we start. Uh, dear Lord God, I want to thank you for this morning. Thank you for the chance um, that, C that we have here at Project that the CCP and Josh Weber have um, arrived to be able to talk to us, to be able to um, give us insight through just uh, small conversations about what has it been like to um, share the gospel with college students in Mexico and what has it been like to teach English um, in China for a year. God, I thank you that... Um, even for me, just that we'd be able to get a context for what missions, what global missions looks like, and what are the ways that you're working. Uh, I pray for this morning, God, that um, you give me the words to say in a talk that I feel less prepared for. Um, I pray that uh, something would be helpful and that um, you'd give me the words to communicate clearly. Um, I pray these things in your name. Amen. All right. So, just by way of confession, <laughs> Last night, uh, after the social, I was like working on this talk, and I was going over it with uh, Jess. Um, sometimes with like some of these talks, it's like a little bit less clear, like what the team leader girls do um, for helping us prepare for the talks. Like my first summer, like I didn't really have like any context for anything that like um, Sarah Lang made or like Dino Hogarth did um, that summer. But uh, just to like give a shout out to the team leader girls, like they stay up late with us they tell us like, hey, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, and so last night I was talking to with Jess and so she was really helpful um, to me and just like clarifying some of my thoughts, giving me some new thoughts. And so I just wanna give her a shout out and thank you um, for staying up with me last night. But anyway, just to get into the talk. So starting off, like what are some of the lies that we believe about sin? Um, like, just like even thinking through like sins that I struggle with, like what are ways that like I justify sin to myself? What are ways that, um, like what are, what are lies that I believe when it comes to things like that? So like one lie that we could be believing is my sin isn't that bad. So like no one notices my pride. Like if somebody struggles with pride, like it's not very noticeable sin. It's not like um, I'm making crude jokes or I'm not um, speaking poorly of other people. Like nobody notices it. Why is it an issue? Um, like no one is hurt by the ways that I think that I'm better than other people. Maybe you believe that you're smarter than other people or better looking or more athletic or maybe my life circumstances are in order. I have a plan for my life. All the people around me don't. Um, and just like those small ways that like we like personally like exalt ourselves to others. like. Those, those things don't seem like very pressing issues because they're so internal that other people don't notice them and people don't point them out to us. Another lie that we could believe, be believing is like this sin is like really satisfying. Like I enjoy um, this, I enjoy like the sin that I'm committing. Like with like just like comparison. Like I like, um, you could be finding your identity in competition, whether it be um, for some of the Northwestern football players, like competition in sports. like. Being able to like show that you're better at a particular activity or just like finding ways that like winning makes you feel good about yourself. 
or for those less athletically inclined, it could be competition like in a social setting. Like, how can I put myself and be the center of attention? How can I um, portray myself to be the funniest person? Or what are ways that I can feel good about myself compared to other people? Another lie that we could be believing, like, I can't, how could I be happy if I gave this sin up? Like, it's, it's fun and it's enjoyable to like know and gossip about other people. Like it's fun to know details about people's lives that are none of our business. And it's fun to be able to like talk to other people and be like, oh, did you hear what so-and-so did um, with this certain thing? And so these are, and then just like another way that we believe lies about sin, like there's no way for me to overcome my sin. Maybe you've been um, fighting for sexual purity for a while and you just keep falling into like lust and pornography and like you've been dealing with this sin for a while and there just doesn't seem to be a way out. Um, or if you struggle like with anxiety, it could be you're struggling to trust God and you're struggling to believe that um, his will is good for your life and that, um, and that he would hold and sustain you. And like those fears and like that struggle just bubbles up and just no matter like what's um scripture that you think of or the ways you try to remind yourself of what's true like those like fears just are overwhelming and just come out of no out of seemingly like really small things and so i think those are just some of the lies that we can believe about sin that like the first few being like reasons that we wouldn't fight sin um which i think aren't true and then the last one being like where can we even find deliverance from our sins um so kind of moving on, like how do we fight sin? The first way we fight sin is by attacking it and turning our, turning our full attention towards it. Um, here you can, yeah, stay back for a second. We fight our sin by recognizing the ways that it's wrong. Like it's wrong for me personally in my pride to think that I'm better than other people or smarter than other people or it's wrong for me to gossip about other people or to find my identity in things that aren't Jesus. And so even just part of the struggle is like recognizing these things are sins. And so like we don't fight sin to prove ourselves to God or to prove ourselves to other people or to show other people like, oh, look how holy I am for um, taking the door hinge off of my bathroom. Like if I'm struggling with like sexual sin or pornography, look at the, like I cover my mirrors if I struggle with body image to like help fight this sin. Like the point isn't to prove to other people like how we're fighting our sin. The point is that um, sin, is, um, sin is like hurtful to God and that um, we need to kill it um, for his sake. Also, we're rewarded as we fight sin. Um, as we fight sin, we're sanctified and we become more like Christ through that. And so we get a picture, better picture of Jesus and better picture of God through um, fighting sin. And so kind of the way that can look is like making a plan or taking drastic measures to overcome and to fight sin. Um, and that it, for some of us, like that may come across as legalistic. Like, are you saying that I have to take, like, what is it? Like, are you saying that I have to take certain steps to fight sin? And that's not like what it's saying or what I'm saying. Um, I'm just going to pray for myself real quick. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, dear Lord God, I'm really nervous right now, and I'm feeling 
overwhelmed and not prepared and embarrassed, God. I pray that I pray that I'd find my identity in you and that this talk like wouldn't define the way that I think about myself. Amen. Okay, sorry. Picking up where I left off. Um like it's worth it to fight sin. Romans 6.21 says, like, what shall we say then? Are we to continue living in sin that grace may abound? He, said, he goes on to say, by no means. Like, how can we who have died to sin still live in it? Um, okay, so that's just the first point. Um, we fight sin by attacking it and turning our full attention towards it and by not um, letting it... Um, Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm just going to move on from this part. Okay. So still under the first part, like what are, um, how do we fight sin? We fight sin um, and the lies that we believe about sin with the truth of the Bible. Um, Like scripture memory is like really helpful, like as we're being bombarded by lies or um, struggling when, say, you're thinking to yourself, oh, this sin isn't that bad. Like I'd really like to... Um, given to like whatever that may look like and just going to the Bible as a way to like remind ourselves of the truth and remind ourselves of the ways that like God can work for us and so the first verse if you want to click Corpy just kind of speaking to that is Psalm 19 7 through 8 which says the law of the Lord is perfect it revives the soul the testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple the precepts of the Lord are right Rejoicing the heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure and enlightening to the eyes. And so God like has to work through us for us to overcome our sin. Um, like we're not going to be able to grit our teeth and find freedom from the sin that we're struggling with. God has to like work through us and change our hearts through the gospel to believe that one, it's worth fighting sin. Like if you, if you don't have, um, if you don't see the need or don't feel convicted by a certain sin, having somebody tell you, hey, like, do A, B, and C to fight your sin isn't what's going to change you. Uh, the only way that you're going to be changed is by um, believing the gospel to be true and believing that your sin breaks the heart of God. And it makes, um, and it's what should, emphasis on should, condemn us to hell. Um and one of the ways, just like from this psalm that God works, um, he uses the word to revive our hearts and rejoice our hearts, um, to remind ourselves of the truth and to change our desires for sin and for helping us to fight sin. And one way this like looked for me this last year was, um, like since a little bit before Christmas, I've been kind of struggling with like some personal anxiety of my own. Um, I've never really struggled with anxiety in the past. Like when I would hear people talk about it, like in talks of being anxious or um, thinking about ways that like to like fight anxiety for the first like 17 well I guess I'm 22 21 years of my life I never really struggled with anxiety like it never really seemed like I don't like have a context for or understand um, what it's like just to have like just to be like overcome by like fear and overcome by like things that really don't make a whole lot of sense to me and so, like, one way that, like, going to the Bible to, like, fight this with truth looked like for me was I went to Psalm 55 a lot. And I didn't end up memorizing it, but I was praying through it and journaling through it enough that, like, I learned a lot of the parts and, like, a lot of the truth that would be, like, where I would go to to fight the sin. 
And so the way this looked like for me at least was like verses specifically 16 through 18 and verse 22 of Psalm 55. And so what that said was like, I, I call to God and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage for, and for many are arrayed against me. Then it says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And so like, just like as I was struggling this last semester as like uh, fear and stress would like kind of overcome me at work or in the middle of church sometimes I had to be like, God, I have to confess to you. I can come to you with like the things that make me fearful. I can come to you um, and you're gonna be there. What I, what, is, what I was believing in my anxiety was that God didn't have a plan or wasn't in control of the things in my life. And just reminding myself, like, he redeems my soul in the safety. He, he redeems my soul, and I can cast my burden on him, and he'll sustain me through the stress and anxiety that I was feeling through this last semester. And so that's, like, some of the ways that um, we can fight sin with, like, reminding ourselves of truth that the Bible has for us. Um, another way we can fight sin is by not flirting with the boundaries of our sin. Um, nobody, don't put yourself into situations where you know you'll be tempted by certain sins. Um, like no one is saying that the way to fight sin or to prove yourself as being like a great Christian is to put yourself in a worst case scenario and to overcome it. Nobody is called to like overcome a situation that, um, or sorry, rephrase that thought. Um, like whether it's, like I was saying before, like if you struggle with like body image, covering your mirrors, like don't put yourself into situations where you'll be more likely to um, be comparing yourself to other people. If you struggle with comparison on social media, like maybe it's taking time off of social media or deleting the apps on your phone that like would help, would cause you to like compare yourself to others. And like I was saying before, for um, people in the room who are struggling with like um, lust or pornography, like what does it look like to um, think for the ways that, thinking forward, forwardly thinking about places and times that you know you'll be tempted more and actively looking for ways um, to mitigate those temptations. And then Another way that we fight sin is we fight sin by bringing it into the light. Um, if you want to click to the next slide. First uh, John, uh, John 1, 7 through 10 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And so something like that Harmon has just been like talking about even in our room as we've been um, studying in, um, in discipleship group together. Um, he's been talking about how it's easy sometimes to share the 90% of our sin. The 90% of our sin that other people are sharing that we can all be like, oh yeah, I struggle with that too. Or the, thing, the sin that we can... Um, that we've confessed before and that we're comfortable because we're like, okay, people know this about me, so I'm not really um, changing the way that people look at me by confessing this. But really fighting, like, what's the final 10% of your sin? What is that last little bit that you are comfortable or squeamish about people knowing about yourself? And um, sharing that last 10%, not so that 
not so that you can check some box to say like, okay, I finally shared everything, like I, I'm good, but like how can you like trust God to sustain you and to be enough for you as you potentially worry about like how people are gonna think about the last 10% of your sin. And so, yeah, walking in the light with others and walking in the light with God, it says that if we're trusting in God and we confess our sins to him, that he'll be faithful and just to forgive us. And he won't hold those sins against us as we move forward because the reality is that we're sinful and broken people and that as we fight our sin, we're gonna fall into it again and again and again. And we're gonna, as we focus on one sin, um, to fight that, we're gonna fall into other sins and just continually be falling into those sins for the rest of our lives. And so there needs to be a basis for um, confessing to others and confessing to God. And so even just like here on Project, like one way that the flip of this looks um, is pointing out the sin in other people's lives that they may not be um, aware of or think is that big of a deal. Like the Bible says that there should be a context, there's a context for rebuking and reproving people um, to expose sin in their lives. Like 2 Timothy 4.2 says, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Like if someone in my room is like struggling with a sin, but they're not really noticing it, like there's a context for me to be like, hey man, like what do you think about this? Like I've noticed this in your life. Um, have you considered this? Like, have you noticed it? Like, have a conversation about um, sin in people's lives. And just to emphasize the second half of the Second Timothy verse, it says with complete patience and teaching. A lot of times, like with things like this, it's like it's really helpful to like have your thoughts like have like have your thoughts thought through, and to have prayed over those conversations so that we can speak the truth in love um, to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Like it says in Ephesians four fifteen. Um, and the practical reality is, is like these, I hate doing this. I don't like confronting people. I don't like having hard conversations with people. Um, they can be uncomfortable. I'm scared about how people are gonna react when I ask them, hey, what do you think about this? Like, I've noticed this in your life. Um, do you think this is a problem or how do you think about this? Because people don't like having their sin pointed out. John 3.20 says, Everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works be exposed. And just like the ways that I don't like it when my sin is pointed out to me, the way that I like to hide the 10% of my sin um, that I'd rather not like the guys in my small group to know, um, it can be helpful in exposing like that sin by pointing it out to others. And kind of like in response to being resistant and like not like having our sin pointed out to others. This gives people an opportunity to put their identity in Christ and to see that like our identity isn't found in our, like how people think about us or in our performance or in the ways that, um, that we are or aren't fighting sin. It should be placed in the gospel and the truth that Jesus Christ died for us and paid the penalty for our sins. Um, and specifically the sin that was like just pointed out. And so, like, one way this has been done on Project before is something called, like, the Gospel Hot Seat, um, which maybe some of your rooms have done, maybe not. But basically all it is is, like, with, like, the group of people that you've gotten to know and become close with over the summer, the people that hopefully that you've been able to confess sin and, like, feel comfortable with, um, like, basically, like, during a D group, you know, there's, like, four or five of you, three or four of you, um, going around and being, like, one person's on the Gospel Hot Seat. And so... Um, taking some time and like pointing out um, sin in their life that they may or may not be aware of, 
but also like to like speak the truth in love, like Ephesians four says. Um, usually, what follows that up is like to point out ways that like um, you've seen God work or grow in their life, or genuine um, affirmation of like parts of their character that are true. And so, yeah, pointing out sin in another's life is like an important and like biblical idea um, to help us notice sins that we may or may not be aware of. Um, and so then to move on, um, why do we need to fight sin? So if you go to the next, there we go. Um, so the next reference is Romans five eighteen through chapter 6, verse 4. So I'll just read that. Um, Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace might also reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so, off of that, the reason that we need to fight sin is, like, our sin wasn't paid for cheaply. It's important to know that and to rest in the fact that Jesus Christ has died for all of the sins that you have in the past, are committing right now, and will ever commit in the future. Um, but, like, specifically from verse 19 of chapter 5, For as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the man will be made righteous. And Jesus was the obedient man. He was obedient to being mocked. He was obedient to being tortured and killed on a cross for things that he didn't do, for things that like we've done, that things that I've done. Um, and so the grace that we apply to our lives and that we find hope in, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing that was easy. It was a thing that was really hard. It was a thing that we should respect, and it's not a thing that we should think lightly of. Grace isn't just like a credit card that your parents are paying for. It's not, um, it's not like we just go to the store, buy what we or commit whatever sins we want, and we're just like, okay, Jesus has got it. Jesus has paid it. Um, I can just kind of continue to be living or doing what I want. Um, but rather, like Jesus has brought us from death to life, and He's transformed us, and so we're to, we're to live different. We're called to live differently um, because of that, and so. It's important to be like thinking about and fighting our sin um, as we go about our day-to-day -day lives. And so even just like kind of as a final thought before I finish, um, we're to remind ourselves of the gospel. Like it's important to take a look at our sin. It's important to be brokenhearted over it. But to as like a final thought to end on the gospel, he's like paid for it. If you go to the next slide, Anthony. Oh, next slide. So this is a quote that I think some of some people, yeah, that some pe some of you may have heard before, um, by this Scottish pastor, pastor whose name last name I can't pronounce. Um, he says, "Learn much of the Lord Jesus. For every one look at yourself, 
take let ten looks at Christ. He is altogether lovely, such infinite majesty, and yet such meekness and grace, and for all sinners. Like, as we take a look at our sin, as we are kind of finding ways in that we're sad and brokenhearted over our sin, and thinking of the ways that um, Christ, like, suffered and died for that sin, um, remind yourself to look at Christ. It can be easy to become disheartened and to become even depressed or just like woe is me like how am I how terrible of a person I am but to like remind ourselves that um, we've been bought and paid for by Christ and that's like the important thing and that's the thing that we should be resting in um, more so that's the thing we're to rest in as opposed to like how terrible of people we are because we can fight sin and we can fall back into sin and because of the gospel, we can get back up and keep fighting. Just because we fall back into sin doesn't mean that we're stuck there or that we'll never um, come out of it because Jesus has like paid for that. And so the way that we fight and win the battle over sin is by having our hearts changed by a love for the gospel and having our desires changed by it and our desires for sin are changed by that. And so look to Christ.